My challenge, um, maybe it's kind of a general theme <laughs> of, of this interview, is um, to be kind to yourself. And I want you to do that by each week writing out the top five things that you've accomplished this week, um, where you believe you've totally crushed it um, and that you're really proud of what you did there. Zach's your video here from Boston Speaks Up. That was the voice of Bridget Hunter-Jones. She's the CEO of Impact Biosystems. Bridget comes from a long line of engineers. Both her parents are engineers and work at MIT. Her dad's a longtime inventor, Ian Hunter, and actually a co-founder in Impact Biosystems, where Bridget is now CEO and helping develop adaptive hardware and software solutions in the health and fitness space, specifically uh, in Impact Biosystems is coming up with a product this summer called the PACT. Um, it's sort of a two-part two product. One part is a scanner that scans the body and helps identify which muscle groups need what type of treatment. And then the second product is sort of the PACT massager, which then personalizes the massage based on uh, what the, what your specific muscle needs. And, and this product can be used for preparing for a workout and then also for recovery afterwards. So really exciting um, business that's that's uh, sprung up here in, in Boston during the pandemic. And we talk about all of that and more with Bridget, including the fact that she closed her, um, her latest funding round nine days before her son was born. So just incredible story here to share and, and a really interesting product product that, um, that folks can, can sign up to, um, to get their hands on. So enjoy the conversation and uh, thank you so much for listening. Silicon Valley Bank is a proud sponsor of Boston Speaks Up. For more than 35 years, Silicon Valley Bank has helped innovative companies and their investors move bold ideas forward fast. SVB provides targeted financial services and expertise through its offices at 53 State Street in downtown Boston and in Newton and innovation centers around the world. With commercial, international, and private banking services, SVB helps address the unique needs of Boston's innovators. Learn more at svb.com. Zach Stravideo here from Boston Speaks Up. I'm here with Bridget Hunter-Jones, the CEO of Impact Biosystems. Hey, Bridget, how are you? Hey, Zach. I'm so good. Thank you. Happy Friday. Yes. Exciting. It's been a busy week. Happy it's been a busy Friday week. for sure. Yeah. We're chatting um, day after St. Patrick's Day. Happy belated St. Patrick's Day. Happy yeah. spring feeling weather. It, it was pretty I warm know. today when I dropped my my daughter off. I don't I don't dislike that. Um, but how I you know for for listeners, I'd love to um, just have you give a brief background on what you're you're building right now and and preparing to launch at Impact Biosystems, just to kind of yeah. ground them in, in what you're up to, and then love to go back in time and kind of explore your journey a bit. Sure thing. So I'm Bridget Hunter-Jones. I am the co-founder and CEO over here at Impact Biosystems. And what we've created is a brand new type of recovery system, personalized recovery system um, that's comprised of a scanner and a massager um, and an app that connects it all together. And what it does is in the same way that your massage therapist, personal trainer, um, or even yourself can feel tight spots on your body and in your muscles, we've developed a system that's actually measuring that, that muscle tightness. And then it guides you through a 
personalized warm up recovery session with our massage device that comes with this. So you're able to track pain, injuries, soreness over time. And the overall goal being to mitigate these, to feel better on a daily basis and just improve overall um, muscle health. Really good timing for us to talk. I am going to a chiropractor today. I am in some pain. So let's talk about that. <laughs> um, I, yes. About to be 37 years old, exercise a lot, run a lot, was a little lighter on some exercise for a couple months this winter, got excited about warm weather, went on some runs, didn't stretch as much. I'm all out of whack. Yeah. So talk, talk me through how like this, like your sort of complete sort of suite of products would sort of like scan, you know, my muscles and, and help and help me sort of, you know, treat some of the, the pain I'm dealing with. Cause I'm also unsure, you know, I come from this legacy mindset. I think that I kind of got from my father growing up, which is like, you know, just push through the pain or when you're, when you're sick, like sweat it out. Um, but yeah. my wife is quick to remind me, you may hurt yourself more if you push yourself right now. So why don't you take it easy till you get to the chiropractor and kind of see what's going on with your body. Oh, Absolutely. And you're not alone, Zach. A lot of people, you know, think that they can just keep pushing through. And um, I heard this great quote the other day, and I'll I'll just read it to you here. Um, the biggest difference between an elite athlete and an average one, an average athlete works out as much as possible and recovers as little as possible. An elite athlete works out as little as possible and recovers as much as possible. So the big lesson here being that when more is demanded from you, more is actually demanded for you. Um, and it's super mm. important to, um, you know, take care of your body as you're pushing it. And oftentimes people don't know how to do that. And so we're really here to show up, um, you know, as this like personalized coach or trainer in the palm of your hand. So for you, when you're about to go on that run, you would start scanning those areas of your body that you're about to go work. Let's say it's your calves, your hamstrings, and your quads. Um, once we establish your baseline, we can tell when things are out of whack. And so when your hamstrings are tighter, um, we're able to customize this warm-up routine for you and tell you it's time to take it easy today. Um, you know, we'll be massaging your hamstrings and your quads, but they are looking tight and you might not want to push yourself today. Or, you know, on, on the other side, we can tell that they're in a really warmed up and primed state. And today is, is the day that you can really go exert and push it. Um, so really catering the warm-up or recovery experience to your body and your needs um, as a user. And oftentimes the pain point is not exactly, you know, where you want to be working. So with other devices out there today, you blindly hammer on that one pain spot. But, you know, if, if it's a shoulder or a trap pain, you actually need to be checking in on the other muscles around it. So our app will always guide you to scan the surrounding zones to really check what's going on. Yeah, that's super helpful. Yeah. So the as a student of health, that's always trying to live a life that after each decade, I hopefully can remain an athlete. I just put the quote mark air quotes up. <laughs> um, this is really, you know, valuable, a really valuable conversation. So in terms of what you're prescribing, is it, is part of it stretching too? Like, is it, is, are there things that, is it more holistic or like, obviously like you have a device that after this, after the sensor does its work, you have a certain, certain levels of massage that can get applied to certain areas based on yeah. what the sensor kind of, um, sort of 
information it spits out, but are there yeah. other things that you're recommending in, in specifically I'm thinking of stretching? Yeah, totally. So we actually, yeah, have content in the app that um, doesn't include the massager. Um, so there are mobility exercises in there. Um, it's never usually static stretching. You're always kind of doing some movement and we call this kind of active recovery. Um, but then there's other recommendations that will always guide you towards as well. You know, hydration is a huge one. Um, sleep is an even bigger one. Um, nutrition, all these other aspects that will, will be feeding in to really guide you um, to, to serve yourself and your body. So I have a confession to make last night. So I'm feeling really sore, right? I'm going to the chiropractor today. Last night, my wife mm -hmm. went downstairs to get on the Peloton. I did dinner with our daughter. She's four and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, she gets distracted like me and needs to like move around a little bit while she eats, which I'll allow her to do. And so I put mm -hmm. some music on and I actually, I'm not a great, like I don't love static stretching. I like to kind of interpretive dance and kind of move around. And so the yeah. two of us, and she had dance yesterday. So she was coming off of like ballet class. And so yeah. we literally were like, so my wife came upstairs and we're like in the, like adjacent to the dining room, just like interpretive dancing. And, and it was, that's the kind of stretching that sort of helps me out. Um, I, I'm just curious, like, can you, can you kind of double click a little bit on like static stretching versus sort of more like movement stretching? Cause I, I, I remember in my twenties when I hurt my back a little bit and, uh, there was different types of yoga and yeah. more the flow yoga and, and, and heated yoga that got me warmed up really like worked for me. And then some of the, yeah. there was, there was some types of, of, of yoga that was a bit more like pose shift the pose, like, but the, 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 fl the flow really, you know, the vinyasa like really worked for me. Um, yeah. What's the kind of, what's the, you know, thinking behind that? And what have you, what have you learned? Cause I know you, you practice and you're sort of applying that into this company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not far off with your interpretive <laughs> dance. Um, I mean, it's the the whole mobility exercises are about really, um, you know, moving and activating your muscles and really warming them up in a way that static stretching, you know, can kind of get you there, but it doesn't have as much, um, you know, impact and effectiveness on getting on getting the the blood flowing and you know really activating those muscles. And that's what we've found. Um, you know, we have personal trainers, PTs on our team as well, that's really helping to guide this content that we're creating um, to make sure that it is kind of the latest and greatest um, with recovery. Amazing. Amazing. So this has been quite the, I would say like accelerated journey you've been on. Like talk about when the company was founded and what it's been like to um, fundraise and, and what you have raised, like kind of like during a pandemic. Um, yeah. Can you just give like a little bit of sort of the, de the details on that front? Absolutely. Yeah. So my background is in mechanical engineering and I, I took that degree and went into um, consumer product world and, and worked at Sonos for six years. So I started off there on the engineering team and then moved to the product management team and got a really good sense of what it took to, to bring a product, what we called incubation to mass production, um, heavily involved on the operations side as well. But I always had that, that brand and that name to stand behind. And I was ready for that next big challenge of having to build that up from scratch. And I'll tell you, it has, it is very challenging, um, but very, very exciting at the same time. And when I got a call from my co-founder and our CTO, Craig Cheney, back in 2019, and he had been working on this, this project for the past couple of years with Ian Hunter, who is an incredible inventor, also happens to be my father. Um, it was right up my alley of being a consumer product, being in the health and fitness space, which I'm super passionate about, um, and getting a chance to start 
my own company and having a huge impact on that culture as well. Um, so kind of all of those factors really led me to take this big dive into starting starting my own my own company here. And fundraising has definitely been quite the journey, especially you know the day we started the company. Next day, the pandemic hit, um, and oh, that really? was really tough. So yeah, it was like it was, March. It was March twenty twenty. It was March 2020. My last day was uh, end of February 2020. And the next day, everything changed. But it has unlocked some opportunities. I mean, the fact that everything is virtual um, these days, like talking to you right now, allows us to reach people on a global scale that we really couldn't before. And so it did have its advantages. Um, I mean, I will say it was an uphill battle regardless, but um, you know, we were lucky to close a, a pre-seed round in April 2020. And then we closed our series seed round in um, May of last year. Um, and that yeah. was actually nine days before I, I gave birth to my son. So crazy times then as well. That's amazing. I was I was reading that, that you had closed around nine days before giving birth. Like that's nuts. Yeah. So like total funding to date, is it 6.5 million? 6.5. Yeah, we did two initially and then 4.5 last year. Nice. What's what's it like working with your father? He sounds like an, an incredible, uh, you know, nurturing, encouraging dad to grow up. But side note, like my daughter at four and a half, I'm already, she's already talking like Value Creation Labs is my company. She has yeah. a subsidiary called Elsa Creation Labs. And um, <laughs> we are already concocting businesses together and whatnot. I, I want to say I read somewhere, maybe your first one was as far back as maybe at seven years old. But just yeah. talk a bit about that relationship and what it's like to work together. Yeah, so he um, obviously inventor, engineer, super creative guy, and always had me, um, you know, really, really pushed to have me explore the engineering world. And uh, yeah, at age seven, I got really into creating my own belt. So I had this fancy sewing machine, and I would embroider and go crazy with the patterns. And I was like, hey, I think I can sell these. So I started selling them to my friends and. Ian um, said, hey, why don't we go down to Town Hall and register this as a company? And I said, sure, why not? So we popped in, registered Ribbons and Things, which was my first company. Um, and it's it's been you know similar journeys like that since where he's always really encouraged me and pushed me um, where needed. And it's, yeah, it's, it's made me the, the person I am today for sure. And it's super fun getting to work with him. Um, there's never a shortage of ideas with that guy. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really cool. So what... What um talk talk a bit about the sort of hardware and software aspects to the business and yeah. what it's like to sort of manage both. Are you are both happening in Boston? It, obviously, like some some people could perhaps be remote a bit, but what's what's that challenge like? Because hardware is always going to be more challenging, um, especially yeah. during a pandemic with supply chain issues. But you just talk a bit about sort of the those two, you know, key factors in, in the business and, and how you manage that day to day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love hardware. Uh, that's the biggest was the biggest driver for me to, to coming over here is just that yes, it's hard, uh, very challenging, but every little bit about it is right at my sweet spot. Like I just love um, the manufacturing side. I love the design side. Um, even, you know, the analysis side. And so I am, you talked to our engineers today, I'm way too involved on a daily <laughs> basis on the hardware. Software is actually, uh, I didn't have as much experience with. Um, luckily, our, our CTO did, but I am learning just how incredible um, the software team and how the app experience just unlocks this whole potential. 
Um, so we do most of our hardware development or essentially all of it in Boston um, at our facilities here. And then we manufacture overseas. And the software team is a bit more spread out. We've got quite a few people in San Francisco, um, a remote team here that actually helps manage that. And, you know, both teams are very synced up and ensure that as we hit come up to like our beta testing, everything is ready on the hardware and software side to make that really effective. Um, and then again, as we launch and scale on the software side, we have a lot of incredible things in the pipeline in terms of integrations with other apps, partnerships, um, unlocking new experience on the you know professional PT yeah. side as well. So um, cool. really great stuff coming. That's amazing. I actually was going to ask about partnerships because a few came to mind. I wear I wear an Apple Watch. I have friends. I even had I had a meeting yesterday where someone had a Whoop on, which is in Boston. I yeah. hear you talk about sort of per, like data capture and 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 I've seen in interviews previously like and I I agree um, like the scale needs to could should can be out of the home and and to date you know things like a Whoop have helped give data to people or just other type of sort of. Um, health data capture or yeah. helping folks sort of understand their bodies better than just like a number on a scale. So like, which yeah. by all means, like t- talk about that a little bit, but I'm curious, how does that influence partnerships is, you know, is, is whoop like a, a, a potential partner is, is what, what are the kind of partners that, you know, are in that, in that pipeline? Yeah. I, whoop is definitely a potential partner. Um, you know, we don't see them as a competitor. What we're measuring is totally different. You know, we have a direct measurement on your muscle tightness, and that's you know very different from what they're measuring. And combining these metrics is really where, um, which unlocks you know incredible possibilities. How can we be tracking both and correlating our data with their data to really you know establish this whole new metric um, that is really empowering to to the user to to make those decisions. And even on the exercise um, aspect as well. Yeah, Apple Fitness, Peloton, you know, we're, we're deep in all those discussions right now to see yeah, what partnerships can we get going to really bring this, you know, whole holistic view of your healthy lifestyle together. Um, nutrition, hydration, um, you know, supplements, all of that is affecting your, your muscle health. And so getting as much data and correlating that is really where um, the power comes in. Excellent. So, so talk a bit about go to market, right? You're which I believe you're preparing for now, right? The products are um, set to start shipping and be available as early as May. So, t- talk talk about the um, you know sort of the the product go to market, and then also like what any potential like levers or exciting things that you kind of have planned. Like, do you just want to get the product out? Is it a certain confined group to start? Um, what you know, how far along, or or if any, do you have you know? partnerships or you're doing influencer activations? Like, you know, I'm just curious to just scratch a little bit into sort of your go-to-market strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So we did a crowdfunding campaign in November um, that is in demand uh, right now. So we're still taking pre-orders. Um, we've, we've got about just under 500 um, pre-orders in today, which is really exciting. And we're going to start shipping those in the next few months. And then our main launch will, will be um, later this summer. And that's where, you know, direct to consumer will be our main path to start. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're in discussions right now on really ramping up the, the retail um, strategy as well. As I, I mentioned, um, some of these other uh, professional, you know, partnering with PTs, coaches, chiropractors, um, trainers to, to really serve them and help them with working with uh, clients. Excellent. Excellent. I want to talk about Theragun a little bit. I have a Theragun sure. and it's outside of its five speeds like it is sort of just you know it is just one consistent hammer motion and 
Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I, I honestly have deferred more recently, actually very consistently to just my, my foam rollers. And I have two trigger yep. points. One's one's flat. One's got those, those teeth that let you know. Yep. Um, and I know the different situations, those, those, you know, to use those for, uh, talk a bit about the Theragun and, and sort of products like it in the market. And maybe just some of the, you know, maybe, maybe it's design flaws or just some of the things that you see missing that you're coming in the market to really help, um, improve. Yeah, I think biggest differences with with our massager is really, I mean, the look, the feel, kind of ergonomics of it, as well as just the fact that the integration with the with the scanning system and the app. Um, we hope to partner with other devices out there. A lot of folks have their guns, hypervolts, um, or some kind of um, Amazon uh, progressive massage device. And, you know, that's great if you have it and you like to use it and you know how to use it. That's a big one because um, a lot of folks don't actually know how to properly use it. Then we in- encourage you to keep doing that and, and using use our scanner um, to actually check its effectiveness. Um, and, you know, the, the real, um, you know, unlocked feature with our massager is just the fact that it's auto adjusting um, based on that scan data. So it, it's the connective nature to the system. Um, that really makes it so special as well as, you know, we think it looks really good (laughs) and definitely looks very, very different, um, than other devices out there. You know, it's really small. It's really easy to hold. Um, you know, you're not kind of gripping it in, in a funny, in a funny way. Um, and yeah, we feel like it's, it's very intuitive and especially with the, especially with the, the guiding content that we have in the app, um, that's showing you exactly how to use it. Um, it, for a lot of folks that, are intimidated by other progressive massage devices out there today in our, in our beta community, they've said that, um, you know, it's a lot more user-friendly. Yeah. It just, it has a more smooth, approachable look to it, um, for sure. And yeah, definitely, definitely hear you on like the part of the go-to-market that will be really interesting is just sort of getting, um, get, getting packed in, in the hands of sort of health and wellness professionals. Like there's a massage therapist that she does like sports massages that a buddy of mine, he's, he's a, he's really, he's a business mentor of mine. He's 10 years, my senior, and he's still playing hockey and doing all these things. And he need he understands it, basically age lets you know that recovery is important because <laughs> you start to feel it. Um, yeah. and so he, he, he put me in touch with this, um, lovely massage therapist and sometimes I'll go see her and she has a Theragun and she actually, very like specific has specific uses for it and understands how to use it. And I think she's adding like a human layer that Theragun doesn't have, but it sounds yeah. like it's sort of like that thoughtful layer that you put in it on sort of the, on the software side. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a lot, there, there seems to be a lot of a room to sort of um, just integrate with the health and wellness sort of practitioner community. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And, and for, you know, more on the go-to-market strategy, influencers, partners, um, we've got some really exciting ones in the in the pipeline, so we can't cool. wait to have those ready to share um, later this year. Okay, quick quick plug for my sister in law. Shout out to Michelle. <laughs> shout out to Michelle Janine on on Instagram. Um, she's a sports fitness model, badass. Grew up in uh, so I'm from Methuen. My wife and her her family they're from Lawrence. So grew up in in Lawrence. Uh, went to University of Arizona on dance scholarship. Graduated in three years. Moved to LA. She's great dancer actress she's the um she's on a contract right now with fitbit so she's doing some commercials for them this year um awesome and i shared with her that i was talking like last night i was texting with her like some of the articles i was reading yeah. and she's like oh my god this is awesome i need this like i'm so over my theragun um 
Yeah. So, you know, awesome. I'll have to get it. We'll have, we'll have to, get to get it get in her Michelle's involved. hands. <laughs> yes, yes. For sure. She's quite, she's, she's quite the, um, you know, badass and, 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 uh, I'd say Instagram is, is her jam, but I'll, I'll have to connect you guys offline. Yeah, um, absolutely. For that, for sure. Um, always ready to meet more badass women out there. <laughs> hell, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, um, so, so we're, we're both doing these calls from our home. I believe you're, you're at, are you at your home? I'm at my home. Is that yep. right? Uh, and are you in a home, are you in the same home that you grew up in or, yeah, is that right? Yeah. So this is this is not where I uh, end my day, but this is where I start my day. So this is a yeah. childhood home that I grew up in, um, and so we work out of the barn, um, cool. which is kind of a, a big garage space uh, on on the the property here, and that's um, where our employees are, are working out of. We have an incredible lab space there as well, um, and that's how we've been able to make all this progress on the hardware side is wow. being able to work out of this space. Um, but then I go home to, to Southie every day. Um, and okay, that's, cool. that's where, that's where I spend the night, but then yeah, yeah. quickly eight o'clock hits and I'm back here. So it's, that's uh, so neat. It's, it's incredible though, to get to, um, be back in, in my childhood home and, you know, the, the incredible resources that I had growing up are, are here and we have a, you, the, the lab, um, which we call it you know, in the basement is, is essentially, you know, Tony Stark's lab. So Ian Hunter's lab, it's just yeah. insane. Um, the, the tools, the gadgets that we have access to, it's, you know, pretty incredible. <laughs> and it was like that most of your childhood. Yeah. So I had my own little workbench and if I wanted okay. something, you know, if I wanted um, to go buy a dollhouse or, you know, a, a, a rack or something, I had to, I had to go build it first to see if I could make it. And so uh, that's where I learned, you know, all these woodworking skills. That's where I was able to, to, you know, do a lot of drawing. I did CAD from an early age. Um, and so, yeah, we, we've got the, the tools here to pretty much make anything. That's so neat. So you're probably not too far from Boston. So you're commuting to Southie, like that's where mm-hmm. your where your where your family is. Um, yeah. And what what part of what part of the the state is is the barn? Where's the HQ? Yeah, we're we're just um, like 20 minutes outside the city. Um, cool. So pretty easy. Yeah. So easy for people to commute in. And do you have your team meet with you there? And we do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Um, what was, so what was like your, did your father, Ian, was he, was at MIT for, has he been at MIT a long time? Like when you were, when you were growing up, like, were you going to the MIT campus as like a young, as a young child? Like oh, talk yeah. a, a bit about the MIT community. You sort of grew up in. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. So we moved here um, when I was three years old and actually both my parents. Um, so, so work at MIT. So, um, always really immersed in that community. I would go in all the time as a child and it was incredible. And then, you know, I didn't know if I was going to go there for university and it, it worked out where I was able to get in and that it was right up my alley in terms of what I wanted to pursue, um, with my studies. And it was an awesome opportunity. It was very hard. Um, but it was very rewarding. And I would say, I mean, we have family MIT engineers on our team now. And the skills that you learn there and what they put you through, it, it really builds some in- incredible engineers. And obviously, we've got engineers from other universities as well. Um, but we, yeah, we're just really spoiled to be in the Boston area and have access to all these in- this incredible talent. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I was away in, out in LA for five years and I, I really, I missed the, I missed family and friends and just the, just the amazing talent and just like the, 
the, the conversations and just like the intellectual stimulation that you get, you get in this part of the world is pretty special. Yeah. Qu- question about your parents. So they're both, you mentioned this in the pre-pod Q and a, they're both engineers. So your, your mother's also an engineer. Just, does she, she uh, does she work on the, on the business at all or what, 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 what's she up to? <laughs> She doesn't. No, not, you know, maybe at times when we, we uh, push into her, but she, um, yeah, she, she does a lot of work um, on the research side at MIT in the haptic cool. community. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And then, so uh, one sibling growing up, you mentioned your brother um, is sort mm-hmm. of a role model growing up. You had an older brother. You want to just like yeah. you, just share, share a bit about sort of growing up in that dynamic. Yeah. So my brother's the black sheep of the family because he went into th- theoretical physics um, and all of us are mechanical engineers. Um, but I'm actually the only one in the family that doesn't have a doctorate degree. <laughs> so everyone else, uh, got their PhD, um, and, you know, Craig, my co-founder as well. And so I'm just sitting over here with just my, with my corporate experience, uh, but making it work. <laughs> yeah. Neat. Cool. So what, 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 at what point did you realize, it sounds like it probably might be pretty early. Like if your father, if your father was encouraging you to, find a way to build the dollhouse before buying the doll. I imagine like your relationship with creation and like creating like physical things, like it, it started you know, at a, at a very young age. So, yeah. So we talked about a story from seven, another one from you know 12. Um, yeah. I love it by the way, ribbons and things is ribbons and things still around <laughs> by the way. Ribbons and things is not still around and it was an <laughs> apostrophe things too, which is just even, even makes it more amazing. That's cool. Um, like what, yeah, no, that, that, I feel like that was on track. I feel like that would have been hip with the friends, with your peers yeah, at the no, time. No, yeah, it was totally. on brand. Yeah. Um, and yeah, soon after, uh, you know, as my, my teen years came around, I actually got my first patent at 16. Um, so I went to this local science fair. I had built a baby rocker. So I was also really into, um, you know, I loved babysitting and, and playing with kids. And I actually worked at a daycare uh, throughout high school. Um, and I saw a need, which was these baby rockers were super noisy uh, and they weren't efficient. And I said, hey, I think I can build that. So I went out and, you know, got the pieces, um, got someone to help me with the software side and, and built this baby rocker that was super energy efficient. Um, you, all you had to do was push it once and it kept going and very quiet at the same time. And so I said, I you know, think I can patent this went ahead and, and got the patent for that as well. Um, so yeah, cool. that was, that was my childhood. <laughs> That's cool. 16 years old, just filing patents. Good for you. <laughs> That's amazing. It that actually begs, begs a question. You're, you're talking about just your kind of love, love for kids. Uh, is there a kids, how young can people use your um, products? Like, do you have like an age, like how, how much, and how much do you have to be, you know, careful with, with products such as these, you know, on, you know, 16 year olds or 14 year olds? Like, is there, what are there rules around that? Like I, I actually, I'm totally naive on that, on that topic. Yeah, we right now are, um, we do a lot of internal and external studies. Um, the youngest we've done is on, um, high school level. Um, yep. so I mean, we always have to get parents consent, obviously. Um, so yeah, we wouldn't recommend anything younger yeah. than that. Um, you know, university level is definitely, um, we would have a lot of studies going on there too. Um, cool. so definitely building out the data set to be able to give, you know, more informed recommendations. Yeah. yeah and I'm wondering, I mean, there's probably some interesting studies that maybe would be starting now where like perhaps there's less injuries in the, in their twenties for athletes that practiced, um, you know, recovery better in their, you know, 
high school, you know, years. Totally. Yeah. And those studies are, I think you're just getting published and some of that, that information is, is really interesting. Um, I mean, obviously I think you mentioned it as you get older, you're much more prone for injury. Um, and you start to realize how much you do need to incorporate recovery into your practice. Um, but uh, these kids at a young age also are, can, you know, be really prone to injury as well. Um, and, you know, making sure that they rest and recover is really important. Cool. I want to get into shortly, like a bit of sort of the day to day and, and being a, like your CEO leadership style and, and some of the, um, some of the things that come with that, but I want to double click on sort of like on the personal health side of things for yourself, like talk about your like health and wellness journey and, uh, the, the things that have gone into you sort of, um, you know, the, what's your, what's your sort of like fitness happiness quotient? Like what's the mix of things that, you know, make Bridget Hunter Jones sort of most, you know, most happy sort of, you know, you know, body and mind. Yeah. So, I mean, I like a lot of teens and, you know, early twenties people out there today really struggled um, with body image through, you know, all my adolescent life. And it was mainly because of a number on us on the weight scale. And it's just so messed up um, to think about how we value ourselves from that number. Um, and that was a big drive for me in creating this company is changing that metric, changing that scale to something that actually matters. Um, and you know, that your health and your mental health and that is, is so linked together. Um, you know, when you're having a super stressful week, your body takes the toll. Um, and so it's been really important for me uh, as, you know, coming through this and seeing the other side to, um, you know, really make sure that I'm taking care of my mental health, making sure that I'm getting breaks when I need it uh, and moving my body um, every day. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, doing a, a 10K run, but it could just be 20 minutes of a Pilates workout. I love Melissa Wood Health. So uh, if you haven't tried her, <laughs> check it out as well as I do a lot of yoga um, and, and runs here and there. But the the important thing is that you uh, you know you're you're feeling good, you're active, and then you're you're really tying that in with I, I can't say enough to drink more water <laughs> uh, with hydration and proper sleep hygiene as well. Um, but it's taken me a while to to get here, and if 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 I can do anything, it's kind of just imparting that that wisdom down on other folks as well as just um, how insignificant that weight number is. Yes. Yeah. Could. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Also cheers on the waterfront. I didn't <laughs> drink, we drink a lot of water in this, in this house. Generationally speaking, it's interesting. A lot like parents. And then like my, then my brother and I, like we joke, but it's not even funny. Like we joke with him and, and his wife. Cause her, you know, his, his in-laws, they don't drink water. And it's like, but they like, don't feel great all the time. And it's like, if you guys just drink water, like yeah. just drink water, like you'd actually feel a lot better. Like before yep. like, you could change some other habits, but like just drink water. Um, so but it's actually like a miraculously simple, um, like suggestion uh, to folks, which is just like have you know have a big thing of water with you at all times. Um, totally. I literally like will turn around if I'm five minutes away from my house in the car if I forgot my swell because I'm like, oh yeah, I don't have my water. Like that can't like otherwise I'm going to like if I'm too far away then I'm going to the store and I'm buying like a big smart water and I don't want to yeah. I don't want to buy like more plastic than I need to but I'm like I need water yeah. right now yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um talk a bit about 
sort of as we segue into a bit of sort of your CEO and 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 sort of your your style your leadership style. I'm curious, like, what have some of the challenges been as a as a young female CEO ra- raising capital, mm-hmm. building a building a company, earn you know earning earning respect? Like, what's what's it been like, and what have in particular like challenges and just you know tips and and words of inspiration to young female entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think that the um, you know, one question I get asked is like, what is the, the, you know, most challenging part? And it's being a young female, um, in an industry that, that is not typical <laughs> and the, yeah, going through the the fundraising process, you, I got a lot of comments that, you know, from folks that didn't understand how I could be doing this at my age, um, and with my gender, <laughs> And even, you know, as when we were raising our series seed and I was nine months pregnant, you know, how can I do this and be a mom? And I'll tell you, I'm a badass mom (laughs) and I'm still running this company and you can do it. Um, And so, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that'll doubt you. And you just have to stay, I think, really true to yourself um, and the vision and the mission and take people on that that are, are with you and buy into that. Um, the investors that we had support us last round and come, you know, join the team, they totally get it. They understand how I can be doing this and they get what, why, what we're doing is so important. Um, and same with recruiting folks in the team. I mean, we're a team of predominantly female engineers right now and, um, which is, you know, amazing. And it's because they see how important diversity is in our culture and how important it is having different minds that have different viewpoints. And that's why we're making something, you know, so impactful here is because it has this, you know, this really diverse community creating it. Um, so yeah, it's, I think, important to to stay honest um, and true to yourself and, you know, not just, you know, jump to the next piece of advice that you're going to get. Because um, that, that at the start, I think, was something I didn't realize, you know, you, you're going to get so much uh, input and advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and how to kind of pick it apart and figure out what's the best best path. That's great. I really appreciate you sharing all of that. We had most recently we uh, spoke to Allison Byers. Do you know Allison from Scrubius? I don't. She, she um, you know, she's helping underestimated founders and doing a lot of really um, amazing things for the Boston community. She's really tied in strongly with like the work that Jesse Bardo and the Silicon Valley Bank kind of team yeah. was doing um, for the community as well. But she told me a story on the podcast about just like going on maternity leave and coming back and her company basically like essentially like just not like not giving her her job back and like pushing her out and how like yeah. some a lot of the work that she's done is like uncovering a lot of stories like that and yeah. and just being more in an offensive posture like with with women and just other uh, other underestimated people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make sure that like that, <laughs> that somehow, somehow that key has become a norm kind of gets, you know, pushed down. Uh, yeah. But it's really like, it's, it, it's really sad and unfortunate that women face that. And I love hearing that a lot of your engineering team is women. Like some of those women may decide to have a child and when they do, they should be able to go on maternity leave and they should be able to yes. go on an extended maternity leave and they should be able to come back and have their job. Um, 
And they're just, and they are actually more of a badass for having done that than, you know, a male that doesn't have to do all the things that a female has to do. Um, you know, if, if, if you're, you know, bringing a child into the world. So hopefully, you know, hopefully you're part of a rising tide of, of companies that are really just shifting that, that narrative and those norms. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I really, I really, yeah, I really do too. T- talk a bit about work-life balance, actually, because I loved hearing, you know, hearing a bit of this and your answers to the pre-pod questionnaire. Um, yeah, I tend to agree that you don't have to work all day, all night. Like I happen to sometimes like the Saturday morning couple hours of like clarity time to write and whatnot. But I also yeah. compartmentalize in such a way where like it you know, 5.30, I want to stop. I want to be present with my daughter and I want to interpret a dance. Um, So, (laughs) you know, like I can be a, I can be a founder of a company and I can be a dad and I can be a husband and I can be a soccer coach. And so, so talk about like the work, you know, work-life balance for you being a badass mom, being a CEO. Yeah. It's so important. Um, And I, yeah, pretty much 5.30 to it's called 7.30. I'm with Callum. Like that's the time where we're hanging out together. We're doing goofy things. I'm not thinking about work and I'm to- I'm not even looking at my phone. Like I'm totally focused on him. And that mm-hmm. is so important for me to have that time to recharge, reset, and then come back. You know, I, I pretty much you know work the rest of the night. <laughs> but having that different perspective when I go back to things, um, it's a way to yeah, get a you realize what's important. Right. When when you have that time to step away and refocus that side of your brain on something completely different. And then you go back to a challenging problem and you're you're able to look at it with a whole new perspective. So um yeah, the, the work-life balance, I I think if I yeah, didn't have um, you know, my my sweet little son to distract me, you know, I might not be as successful as a leader. Um it's really important, especially, you know, for people that don't have that adorable baby. Maybe it's an adorable puppy. Maybe it's side hobby. Maybe it's something else that you completely separate, focus on that, and then, you know, go back if, if you want and try and tackle it that way, because you need that break um, to reset your mind and really, um, yeah, care for yourself. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. The, um, and, and like I've been experiencing that myself. I remember when I was in my twenties and a buddy of mine wanted to take the, um, like iTunes U, like you can take like free courses from like like it was like a Stanford course on how to build a startup oh, yeah, yeah. Why, yep. why Combinator does. And I don't know who it was. Like, I don't know if it was like Paul Graham or Peter Thiel or one of those big speakers was like talking to a room full of Stanford students. And he's like, I'm not telling you all to go out and get, you know, have kids right now, but I will tell you there's actually a superpower that comes with being a parent because it sets this new like North star in your life. And you find a, like you, you ratchet things in such a way where you you compartmentalize. You, if if you if you rise to the occasion, you actually become a lot better at being a lot more present and efficient in different, totally different sort of areas. Um, yeah. And I was like, "What's this guy talking about?" Uh, and then I became <laughs> a parent, and yeah. I realized that it's a superpower, and if you embrace it the right way, and I think the key word is presence. You know, yeah. you have to sort of at times like, and, and I'll like, you do like you, you just, you time boxed it like five thirty seven thirty. That's your presence yes. with your son. And yeah. I, I similarly do that. And I do find that folks that are kind of successful, but also like great, you know, parents and spouses, like they, yeah. they tend to look at their child or their children as like just great gifts that have helped accelerate their ability to accomplish a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll do a small plug yeah. <laughs> for my incredible husband. Like I wouldn't be able to do all this if I didn't have his support. Um, just there's been countless times of him stepping in. I mean, even when I, you know, only took a, a few weeks off um, for maternity leave, he he took you know almost four months off and was able to be super dad at home and figure out the exact ways that I needed to be a mom and a CEO as well. And whether that was waiting on the side, you know, for a call to end so that I could feed him um, because he knew that I wanted to feed him and not give him yeah. a bottle, just things like that, that were just so supportive. And yeah, I, I couldn't do any of this without Scott Stevens. So thanks, hon. <laughs> Amazing. How long, uh, how long have you known and Scott and any, any interesting story of how you guys met? Yeah, we met uh freshman year at MIT. So of cool. course there's, yeah, <laughs> we've got yeah. the, the nerdy connection together and then um yeah we uh we've been together for a while so it's incredible that's cool nice i could that i think it's really neat that you gave you know your husband scott a a shout out and just hearing you speak about scott like i'm like that's um that makes me really happy and it also just evokes in me like the the feeling of of pride and gratitude i have for like for my wife and in the last two years of the pandemic it's really been a bit of a, you know, quite a, quite a blessing in a lot of ways. Like, you know, obviously, you know, people, um, you know, health and, and, and sort of, you know, many deaths aside, and, and I've been fortunate yeah. not to have it impact my family directly. Uh, there's been a lot of silver linings to just like the time of <laughs> we've, we've gotten to spend with our spouses yeah. and our kids and still be productive. And, um, I'm curious, actually, like, as we kind of shift into a bit of like, you know, your, your leadership style, like, yeah. How much is, how much has the last two years like impacted how you view like the workplace and what your view might be on what hybrid work is? I, I can tell you for me, I, I don't think hybrid work is like, you have to be in the office these days and these times, like it's like, it's especially like from a wholesale, like everyone at the company perspective. Um, it just seems like things have to be a bit more nuanced and fluid for like the individuals. And then there's yeah. certain times that, that people, you know, it's important people get together, but where do, where do you net out on that? And, and how much have the last two years kind of shifted your thinking on like in office time and sort of hybrid work? Yeah. I think that the, I've always, you know, been a proponent of getting the work done in whatever way serves you. Um, if that, you know, even when I was at Sonos, um, if there were days where I had, you know, meetings pretty much back to back all day and I was more productive at home, I would take that. And that was encouraged by by my boss as well. And I, I definitely think that um, for other folks that um, at Impact, it it's, it's whatever works for you. Um, some people want to get out of the home. Um, and need that separation a couple of days a week, and then absolutely come in. And there, you know, there is value to being able to quickly turn around, especially when you're working, um, you know, in in really collaborative teams, be able to turn around and ask questions. Um, but there's also times. I mean, I told you we work out of a garage; like it's completely open, and you hear everything. Um, yeah. So there are times where it could be pretty distracting as well. And we, um, you know, we encourage people to to work in whatever environment is most, you know, productive for them and, you know, makes makes their life and job easier. Seems pragmatic and reasonable to me. Uh, I like it. Talk a bit about your leadership style. And it, it seems my, my, my sense of things from, you know, pre-podcast and just reading some interviews, like it seems like you do a good job of like, 
getting involved and encouraging like a kind of horizontally across the organization. I mean, talk a bit about that. And I, I love the way you think about sort of like the, the role of a CEO in terms of like alignment on vision. Uh, yeah. But just, you know, talk about that and, 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 and anything else. Yeah. Alignment on vision, um, you know, motivating the team, a lot of transparency. Um, you know, I always say in our interviews for a lot of these young engineers, they have, you know, you know, dreams and aspirations of starting their own company one day. And I'd love for them to get a full insight into what I'm doing. Um, cause you know, I didn't learn this. I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to, you know, really make it really transparent on what happens day to day and what are the challenges. And so we have, um, you know, monthly meetings where I really open that up and I say kind of what's going on behind the scenes, asking a lot of, you know, ask a lot of questions. If you ever want to do a deep dive into this world, I'm always happy to take them there. Um, and then, yeah, we, we maintain a really flat organization. So really encouraging curiosity, people to try and fix processes that aren't working, um, you know, really being honest and critical about the way we do things um, and challenging us. Cool. Curious, like where your team all is. Is it mostly Boston? Are they, you know, have you tapped into folks around the country or around around the world at all? Yeah, mainly mainly in Boston. A few folks um, on the West Coast, and we have a few people working out of um, Vietnam as well. Uh, So definitely a global team, um, which is also why working, uh, being able to do these calls uh, virtually is so important. Nice, very cool. Now, as like, I'm curious about sort of the trends that are happening in the market um, mm-hmm. pretty well documented right now in 2022, that Peloton's taking a hit and there's, it's a distressed asset and can Apple acquire it? Is Amazon, it's really actually a really interesting sort of narrative to be following in the market right now. Yeah. Uh, but I think just that's, you know, maybe more, I, I'm still pretty long on, on, you know, fitness equipment in the home. I'm other yeah. side of the wall behind me. I got to, Peloton and, and, and some weights and, and bands and all that stuff. Um, it's just really nice and efficient to be able to, to work out in home. What do you yeah. like, what do you, what do you think like we're netting out and any, any future, like any trends predictions on like how sort of like, you know, folks will be working out, recovering over time, yeah. like maybe it's hybrid, but what, what what's your sort of summary or analysis of things and, and, and if and if at all any sort of like predictions for what's to come so at home fitness isn't going anywhere um all people have invested quite a bit of money into their at home gym or fitness center subscriptions and it what's the saying i think it takes you know a couple months to build a habit well we've been doing this for two years like yep. the habit has been built people see why um it's more efficient it's time saving you know they can do it while they're watching their kids um yep. And uh, yeah, I think that'll continue continue to, to be a thing is at-home fitness. And the community and gamification is where I see that going. So I think community is pretty kind of well-established. I think a lot of other brands and companies are starting to really realize how important building that community is to getting a really sticky product um, when you're able to share, collaborate. Um, and that's exactly what we're doing with our system too. When you find a really good recovery session, um, how do you share that out? Um, you know, how can these professionals be sharing what they recommend as well? Um, comparing yourself to other athletes in the app are all things that we're thinking about. And then gamification, I think, is a big one as well. Making it really exciting, um, getting people really you know, obsessed with this and 
motivated to get in there uh, and track their their staff every day. Um, and then recovery, I think is is I do think it's still at its infancy. I think it's going to be really taking off. People are really seeing why it's important, um, which is why we're excited to be in the space. Cool. I'm lo- I love Peloton. Um, I. I've become a, a, a massive fan. I'm curious if you could comment a little bit on it. You meant like, and just from a gamification standpoint, from a data cap, yeah. from also from Peloton as a platform that has barely scratched its potential, just the the intimate, you know, relationship it has with people, the those, you know, I, I'm I've worked a lot in like the TV sort of media advertising market. And I understand like we live in an attention economy. There's an incredible yeah. intimate intention between humans and those Peloton screens. And yeah. they're without going crazy, like Peloton could literally just have like Alex Toussaint's Club Bangers ride on Saturday brought to you by a tequila brand that's just lightly up in the corner. <laughs> that's not an yeah. interruptive ad. And they yeah. can make like, so like their advertising model, like I want to sit down with them because like, they can start printing money, but I think I think the, there's a lot of exciting stuff they're doing, and, and I think we'll continue to do. But I'm just curious, like, yeah. what are your thoughts? Like, because Peloton is a hot topic right now. I'm just curious, like, how you feel they're doing and and sort of na- you know navigating things. Yeah, I think that they. I mean, they've done an incredible job of creating a platform and a system that is really uh, encouraging. That get that people get really excited. They're really entertained. Um, I think that. I think, yeah, the recent dips have been because people buy the hardware and then stop paying for it. So they they need to figure out how to um, really encourage their users um, to to be involved on a daily basis. And they need to figure out you know, in the app with track, you know, tracking what are the features that people are really looking for and being really in touch with their users. Um, you know, I'm not on their beta team, but you know, what are they doing to ensure that the, the feature set that they're pushing out are really requested and are really drawing people in? How can they create a model and new offerings that again are staying very new and exciting? Um, they, you know, you can't just get complacent with a, a model that's working. You have to continue to evolve and really push the mm-hmm. envelope. Um, but I, I I use Peloton. I love it. Um, and I love the scheduling aspect of it. I love that um, it's similar to, you know, going to the spin class um, and that you get a shout out every once in a while. You can high five your friends. So the community element um, and the engagement with that instructor, I think is is really awesome. Cool. I just wrote down the words Peloton packed stack. Uh, because I, I, as you know, like they brought this stack concept into Peloton where they're trying to help people like me who just want to yeah. motor a 20 minute climb ride after 20 minute climb ride. It's like, Hey, maybe you should do a five minute warm up ride and a five minute post stretch ride. But I could totally yeah. see a sort of packed collaboration where, oh yeah, Hey, here's, here's, you know, like if, if you have, maybe you can opt in and Peloton, do you have a pact? Or yeah. do, you, do you have these recovery, you know, do you have one of these recovery devices or if there's a special relationship with PACT, like, great. Like we'll personally, we'll recommend to you like the PACT, po- you know, a PACT post um, yep. recovery. Exactly what to do treatment. post, yep, your yeah. treatment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on the warm-up side and the, the post-exercise side, there's a lot of um, integrations that can, can be really um, powerful. The data, I think linking the data is also really exciting. Yeah. Um, as well as 
content creation? You know, would would these folks want to be helping to some of the trainers that they have be creating their own packed content and there's tri- tips and tricks on how to use this. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. There's some really exciting things there. Cool. On the, on the packed side of things, how much investment are you making right now in the content that is in the app? And is that like, is it, is there a certain library you're focused on at the moment? And over time, like how much is there like, you know, Peloton instructor style kind of different personalities to choose, you know, kind of choose your kind of packed guide, packed journey. Yeah, quite quite a bit of investment on that side. Um, so, you know, I mentioned that the warm from the recovery session are personalized to you. That means we're actually adjusting um, that session content each time you come in. So it's it's fresh each time you come in, and that's essentially you know stitching together different sequences. Um, and then you have the ability to to change that as well. If there's instructors that you prefer over the other, you always have the ability to to recommend and, and stitch that. And then it's also auto you know, changing the the pressure and the duration on each muscle, um, depending on your, um, who you are as a user. Interesting. So like, I'm thinking about this, like the video producer in me is just thinking about this now. Yeah. So you have, uh, like videos and different sequences and like yep. you're have those, all those, these elements kind of like the way that you, they're transcribed and time stamped. Do you yep. have some sort of like a, like almost like a machine, like a machine learning model exactly. or, or yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. So you have a smart way of of customizing and, and tuning, and piecing yep. together, and stitching really them together. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, that there's um, yep. Is that proprietary? Is that some, like something you've built built yourself? And and like that's a real that's 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 an innovative in, that's an innovative um way of, of of doing this that I. I don't know. Are you familiar? A lot of companies doing that, or do you feel like that's not in the recovery space? Yeah. Yeah. There's other, there's other companies that we've seen that do it with the exercise space of doing similar things like that, you know, stitching this together. Um, It was funny. We actually started off having this be animations. Mm. So essentially avatars, because it allows you a lot more flexibility. Sure. Um, But because we do so much beta testing, um, we found out that you don't get that emotional connection as much as an avatar and you need that to feel like yep. the coach is really guiding you through it. Um, yep. So we ended up having, having to go the live video route, which, I mean, it's incredible. Our, the trainers that we have creating this, um, you know, are, are top notch, but the, we still have hopes and dreams of kind of using avatars in the future because it is so scalable um, yep. and unlocks a lot of new features, but the, uh, we have to listen to our users. We have to develop a system that is, you know, you have that emotional connection that you, you, you have that trust. Very cool. Got it. Final question, and I I love your answer. I'm gonna let you go through it, but just sort of your your challenge um, for listeners and readers, and like <laughs> you're gonna kind of share share you'll share yours. Yeah. So my challenge, um, maybe it's kind of a general theme <laughs> of of this interview, is um, to be kind to yourself. And I want you to do that by each week writing out the top five things that you've accomplished this week, um, where you believe you've totally crushed it. Um, and that you're really proud of what you did there. And here are my top five from this week. Um, I felt amazing after my Monday morning it was actually most of what health, uh, workout. Um, I cooked a super tasty, um, spicy fried rice on Tuesday for nice. my family. Uh, I had an interview on Wednesday with a potential hire. Um, that was really great. Um, really great conversation. I had a partnership meeting on Thursday, and these don't have to be each day. I, I just did it like this. Um, 
part, great partnership meeting on Thursday. And then each day this week, I took time to relax, disconnect, um, meditate. And I'm very proud of that. If I can get in, you know, even five minutes every day, uh, each day, then that's a successful week for me. So I encourage you to write down your five um, and just be really proud of what you've done this week. Um, and it can be big, small, anything in between. Um, but you, we need to all be kinder to ourselves because I think that allows us to be kind to others around us. <laughs> I, I love it. I think th- I think that's great. Um, my I, my cousin, he's like a he's a motivational speaker. He's a youth coach. I had him come in and talk to my students at Endicott College, where I'm entrepreneur in residence. And this yeah. was last week, and he he was talking about the concept of like paying yourself first. Like, like with, and, and he talks about financial literacy too. He goes down that track of like put, you know, 10% of all the money you make away, but also 10% of your day. And if you're going to be really busy, give you, give yourself that 10% in the morning, focus on yourself, be present with your child, um, but pay yourself first. Um, I love that. And I like the practice of transcribing it. Um, yeah, I get a little hot and cold with it. I've been pretty good through uh, my daughter's, our daughter's life of journaling. And I, I love reflecting on, I usually do it like not every week. I try to do it weekly, but it's definitely like I write down and I like write down things she says and conversations we have and just little triggers to remember the memories, but also just kind of like really lock into like those, those kind of key moments in the week that I was present in that I think it's, but I do, I do the transcription process, like studying in school, like the extra note taking, it was like, it was, it was as much about just like really just internalizing it and honoring like, what you were learning or what experience you were having. So I, I really, yeah. I really do love this advice. Yeah. And my analogy um, <laughs> that I thought of recently too, is, you know, on the airplane, you have to help yourself before helping others. You know, if yeah. you're not able yeah. to put yeah. on your mask yeah. and take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of others. Exactly. Um, so you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, this has been amazing. I'll, I'll probably have to add myself to the, to the list of the 500 or so pre-orders. Um, yeah. That's one follow up for me. I'll have to connect, um, connect with your, with your team about a potential giveaway for this yep. episode. Um, and then perhaps also, um, connect, connect your team with, uh, with my, my badass sister-in-law. Uh, sounds like, yeah, it sounds like I'd love she, to meet Michelle. Yeah. 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 You can, you can, you can meet Michelle. Uh, but Bridget, this has been amazing. I really appreciate all your time and looking forward to sharing this conversation with the community. Thank you so much, Zach. I really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Cheers, Boston.